Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates, Send in the Clowns, The Phoenix Tube Company, CelebrityTrips.com, The Law Firm of Decalator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and Relish Restaurant of Kings Park. Here are your hosts. Mark and AJ. Joining us now is the man who holds the distinction of being the highest drafted player from Wyoming in the history of the Major League Baseball draft. That, of course, happened when the New York Mets selected him with the 13th overall pick in 2011. To put that in perspective, of the 12 players selected from Wyoming, the previous highest pick was pitcher Michael Beaver, selected by the Philadelphia Phillies in the sixth round, 109th overall in 1966. He made his Major League debut June 26, 2016 against the Atlanta Braves. 101 games later, he continues to bring the enthusiasm and that ear-to-ear grin to the ballpark every day. It is a thrill to welcome Brandon Nimmo to WLIE Sports Talk New York. Welcome, Brandon. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's absolutely our pleasure. You know, let's start with that. You know, I've had the opportunity to speak to you several different, you know, moments during your career. Once as a member of the Cyclones, uh, another time in spring training, another time after your first homestand, another time during trade deadline. And no matter what the situation, you always have one of the most positive attitudes I've ever come across in in a professional athlete. Now, I'm sure a lot of that is faith-based, and a good portion of that must come from your parents, Ron and Patty. Was there ever a time in your life where you were miserable and not smiling? (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I think uh, where my parents would go to uh, is when I, in my family, they have like this rite of passage that uh, you uh, you have to get on a, on a calf, it's like 500, 700 pound calf when you're like seven years old, and I, I was wanting to be a bull rider when I was younger, and I grew up around a ranch, um, uh, my dad's family was a ranching community. And uh, and I got on that calf and got fucked off, and it ran around and stepped right on my ankle. And I can guarantee at that point I was I was pretty miserable, and I, and I wasn't smiling. I, I I had tears running down. So uh, that's I guess that would be the that would be the point, I, or that would be the moment that I would point out would be uh, would be that one for sure. <laughs> you know, most New York Met fans know your story, but for those out-of-market listeners and viewers, we mentioned in the open about being from Wyoming. I coached travel ball here in the East, and it was a real eye-opener for us when we would travel and play teams from the South or the West Coast, as they seemed light years yeah. ahead of us developmentally because they had the ability to play all year round. That obviously right. is not, you know, you can't say that about Wyoming. To begin with, Wyoming is only is one of only three states that don't offer high school baseball. So let's start right there. Where did your love mm-hmm. of baseball come when it's not something that's you know played every day in Wyoming you know that's and that's a great question it honestly came from uh, my older brother Um, he was eight years older than me Um, I always looked up to him Um, and and he played baseball and um, happened to be very good at it as well and you know that brotherly love that brotherly competition um, I I always wanted to do what he did uh, but I always wanted to try and do it a little bit better, and um, and so we we had that um, that competition, you know, going from an early age from for me, and I was just always at a sports field. My sister played soccer, um, Bryce played every sport. My brother um, and, and just had a real love for baseball. And then my dad, you know, he didn't play 
um, in high school or anything, but he just loved the game. Um, he was, like I said, doing rodeo um, and wrestling is what he did in college. But he had a real love for the game. And, and, you know, I'm from Cheyenne, Wyoming, obviously. And so that's an hour and a half from Denver, Colorado. And so the Rockies would be on almost every night. And it was just a way for my dad and I and my brother to bond. And we watched the games and we would play catch. And uh, it was just a way that we bonded. And so I came to love it um, that way. And then my dad's, um, I guess, kind of perfectionism uh, came out. And that's, that's kind of how we became better at the sport is he would never let us do anything you know, less than a hundred percent. And, uh, and so, um, yeah, we were fortunate enough through our love for the game, our shared love that, um, uh, ended up uh, taking us places we, we couldn't even imagine. You know, what's the window for playing in Wyoming baseball? When, when could you go out and start throwing a ball and when could you have to pack it back in? Yeah. You know, I, I think the window, uh, the thing you know about Wyoming is that it's just, it varies. Um, and, and so, in April um, is when it really starts varying. And one day um, it could be 70 degrees and the next day it could be a blizzard. And so <laughs> your, your, your window is going to be from April until really our falls are, are pretty beautiful. For it. So you're going you're gonna to have time, but football starts, you know, in, in middle of August. So you're, you're really from April until the middle of August. And then as our program got stronger and guys, to be looked at more we did develop fall ball where you could play until you know the first week of october but mainly uh you know when we were all playing all the sports growing up because you know a smaller town um everybody plays everything and so you go from baseball to football football to basketball basketball to back to baseball right so um so we we did everything and that was really our window uh to, to play but uh we were fortunate enough that uh, when my brother came through, we started to get some attention uh, because of my uh, head coach in high school. He uh, was very good and, and adamant and wanted to make the program something to be reckoned with. And that ended up getting us into better competition as, as I started to come through high school. And I was very fortunate. We had to travel for it, uh, most definitely. Um, you know, sometimes 10-hour, uh, 12-hour bus trips. But uh, we did go and play the competition that we felt we needed. Um, in order to get better and, and start, you know, competing at, at a higher level. You know, one of the things that stands out about you is that you play the game like a throwback to a different era. And what I mean by that is that you run everything out. You hustle to first base on a walk. You, you wear, you know, the, the socks high up like, you know, old school. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I know you mentioned the Colorado Rockies, but was there a player? Because, you know, here in New York, we have all these cable stations where they have all the old games and you can watch, you know, different players. You know, where did that old style throwback mentality come for you? Was it a, a certain player or just something that was ingrained to you by a coach? You know, we, we, we definitely watched the, the history, you know, the history of baseball on, on the classics on ESPN and whatnot. Um, and I, I did see that. I mean, I, you know, you'd see um, you'd see guys, uh, you know, hustling things out. And you know, I think I did a report on uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson one time, uh, way you know, way in high school. And and I remember they called him that because he played so hard he ran out of his shoes. And uh, and so I, I definitely took that in, into account. But I, I honestly think the the reason um, is the hard-nosed kind of 
baseball that we were taught to play um, growing up in, in Wyoming. We were always we always kind of played with a little bit of a chip on our shoulder as um, as if you know, hey, you know, no one's going to take us seriously unless we you know play at a level that that makes them take us seriously. And so we all tried to play hard and play the game the right way um, and really play it with um, the intention of, of earning respect and. I think playing the game hard earns respect um, from from both sides. And, um, you know, not in a way to be cocky or anything like that, but just in a way that says, hey, we respect the game and respect you guys, and we're going to play as hard as we can. Uh, And also the football mentality, honestly, playing different sports. um, When you play football, you have to play with your hair on fire. And that really has uh, morphed into my baseball game as well. I enjoyed playing football so much, and it was one aspect that could be um, could be relayed into you know into the baseball game, and um, something that I learned uh, definitely. But um, I think it was something that I, I take pride in, and so anything that I take pride in, I'm, I'm going to do it um, at 100 percent and give it the best of my ability. And honestly, when I'm running things out, like say like ground ball or whatever, I, I'm almost like punishing myself. I'm like, yeah, you're, you're, like I'm, I'm mad at myself, and I'm like, you're gonna run this out because if anything happens, you're gonna need to be there, and you know we're not gonna leave anything to chance. But you know, you hit a ground ball, and so now you get to sprint to first base and then go sit back down because you didn't do your job. So, <laughs> so that, I mean, it's honestly like that. And then when I when I walk, I feel like. All right, I've done my job. I pass it on to the next guy, and I'm excited to go get to first base and get on get on base and the opportunity for us to uh, score a run and, and and make an impact in the game. So um, that's really just my excitement, uh, my emotion in the game coming out, and you know, kind of wearing it on my sleeve for the games. It's so refreshing to see, and it's a pleasure to watch you do that. You mentioned about traveling, and your Legion teams played about 80 games every summer. Uh, You have a breakthrough season with your American Legion team. In 2010, you batted 448, 15 home runs, 34 stolen bases in 70 games for your post-six team. Teams began scouting your Legion games, including the Mets. You also participated in some other events. One of those events was the 2010 Under Armour All-America game at Wrigley Field. Going into that game, how how acutely aware were you that there were going to be scouts there, and this is you know maybe the biggest opportunity you're going to get to showcase your talents? You know, I, I think uh, the saying "ignorance is bliss" uh, it goes into play here because I, I honestly at that time didn't know how how influential it would be. Um, I just I just figured <laughs> honestly I was going, and it was like wow, this is a treat. I get to go, and they're actually going to, like, give me Under Armour stuff to play in, and I'm going to get to play in Wrigley Field. You know, and, and I didn't think of it in any other way, like, okay, I, here's my opportunity to get to, to get to the big league, or here's my opportunity to get drafted. Or I honestly didn't think of it in, in that way. I really just thought of it like, oh, my gosh, I get to go do this stuff and play baseball. So it's like the best of both worlds. Um, and I get to like realize a dream of playing in a major league stadium. So, um, so I really was ignorant, honestly, of how how big the situation was. And I think that just really allowed me to to play freely and and enjoy it. And um, and you know, obviously, ended up getting the MVP co MVP honors there. Um, but it really was just I, I was I was ignorant to the situation. I was just going and playing and having fun and being relaxed. And I do remember being nervous. Um, I was getting on deck, and I remember being nervous. 
And then all of a sudden, and I and I believe this was God's hand in my life, but I, I just all of a sudden felt this peace and this calm. Um, and I was just like, this is so cool. I'm in Wrigley Field. I get to play here. And I'm just going to go play and have fun. And there's no there's no pressure to this because um, I, I'm just I'm excited to be here. I'm going to play baseball. These are great players, um, and and I'm a good player. And I get to play with these guys, and I get to just have fun. And so um, I I honestly think that 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 helped in in that situation. And uh, I was just very that's that's a moment I go back to in my life that uh, what you know did kind of. Um, was very influ- influential. It did turn the tables a little bit, but uh, I didn't know, I guess, how how influential that might be at the, at the time. And I just felt that peace come over me and allowed me to just relax and play and have fun. Well, with that relaxation came a very big game. Two for four, triple, two runs scored, two runs batted in. As you mentioned, yep. earned you the co-MVP honors. You set yourself up really well for the draft. Baseball America ranked you among the top 50 prospects for the 2011 yep. draft. Uh, they had you at number 35. Do you remember the mm-hmm. feeling going into draft day and what it felt like? You know, Baseball America is pretty good at, at slotting the draft number 35, but to jump all the way up to number 13 and to be chosen yeah. by the Mets. Do you remember that well i do i yeah I, I remember it really well because you know it was the start of a start of a dream for me um uh and and i just uh remember that we were leading up to that day uh you know being looked at by every every team and um and, and then i remember the mets um just a few days before they they just came and quietly asked they said hey you know we're, we're with the mets and and uh who who else has really, you know, been on you hard. And I, so I, I told them, I was honest with them. I said, these are the teams that have been on me hard. And, and, um, and they said, okay, thanks. And they just watched the game. And, <laughs> and then we, we went, we went about our, our way. And, you know, we started to hear through the grapevine that, that the Mets, you know, liked me. And they said, well, okay, that's the first spot you could go, but it's number 13. So who, who knows? Um, and, and so then that day I was just with family and we just gathered around to, to see what would happen. And we, we figured, um, you know, we were just going to be like everybody else on that day, just waiting to see what happened. And, um, and, and I just remember that number 13 pick was coming up, and we said, okay, you know, like this is the first place we could go, we guess. Um, but, you know, there's still mystery in the draft, no doubt. Back then there was. I don't know how about now. Um, but there was definitely still mystery in the draft. And I – saw my name go go up on the video screen and and then I just couldn't couldn't believe it it was like uh at that point it was like winning the biggest game of your life up to that point and we were just jumping up up and down I mean definitely a moment of shock where you just didn't know what to do uh you know for for a little bit but then just jumping up and down and then just pure excitement at what the future might hold and so excited to get into the Mets organization they called and said, hey, don't know if you saw it. I'm like, yeah, of course I saw it. I've been watching this thing, you know, like <laughs> like my life depends on it. And uh, and so it was it was an amazing day. We celebrated, and it was the start of an incredible journey, and uh, one that would take me uh, all over the country to new experiences, uh, one that I treasure uh, very, very much. And I just uh, am so thankful to the Mets, even to this day, for – for giving me that opportunity um, because that's, that's what we asked for is just, you know, an opportunity. And so, um, you know, it was, it was an amazing day and I remember it very well. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, 
we take a look at it, and it, it, it's kind of a short sample. It's not that long ago that you became a Met, and through your right. climb up the ladder, you've now played for seven different managers in the Met organization. Frank Foltz, Rich yeah. Donnelly, Luis Rojos, uh, Pedro Lopez, uh, two good friends of ours, Ryan Ellis and Wally Backman, as well as Terry mm-hmm. Collins. Which of those yeah. managers had the biggest impact on you and why? Oh, man, that's, you know, and that's really that's really tough. Uh, question to answer I, I think you know the best way I can answer is they all had uh, influential aspects uh, to them and, and that's and that's just you know not even the managers I you know had hitting coaches along the way um, you know I mean you know Jack was there for my real big year in, um, in 2016 you know with the, with Vegas and uh, Wally was obviously a part of that and very influential I mean 14 years in the big leagues you you get a lot of knowledge from that and then um tc obviously being my first you know big league manager had had a big influence on me and obviously i had to learn how to you know pinch hit and do things i i hadn't been called to do um before with, with tc and and um and you know and so then we had um you know some some great years with like lopez we um won the championship in binghamton i'll never forget that with uh, Louis Rojas, we won the championship in Savannah. I'll never forget that. Um, and really, those guys were, were all influential in, in putting me uh, where I am today. And I couldn't, I couldn't be here without them, and I thank them for that. Um, so, you know, I think every, every guy has, has had a, a different impact on me, and that's one thing I've tried to do is absorb uh, anything I can that, that will be helpful every single year. And, and, I, and I think I have uh, and been able to tap into that from different perspectives, from different managers. Um, but, you know, I, I really will remember, you know, those, those years, those championship years. Um, those, those were amazing years. And, um, you know, really, we've, I've been very fortunate to have a lot of great, uh, great managers during, during our time. You know, it's interesting because I'm wondering, as a young player, how you view a managerial change at the major league level. In one respect, Terry Collins knew you as a player, knew what you were capable of. So maybe mm-hmm. if, in spring training, if your spring training wasn't up to what you would have expected it to be, you might get the benefit of the doubt because Terry has seen you in two spring trainings prior. He knows what you can do right. at the major league level. Now you have a guy who's never seen that and is coming in. Right. But he's coming in with a clean slate. So where maybe as Terry saw you as the fourth outfielder and the pinch hitter off the bench, you know, if you have a good spring training, maybe you now become an everyday player. You know, how do you view a new manager? You know, I, I do view it as it's, it is a clean slate. There, there's no doubt about that. But um, but but not not totally. Um, he, he he obviously is not going to come into this blind. Um, I believe there's a reason that he has gotten to where he's gotten, and um, it's the same reason that that I've gotten to where I've gotten. And that's you know he's put a lot of work in, a lot of research, and 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 I really just believe you know works hard at what he does. And I don't believe that will go away with him taking a manager position. So in saying that, he's going to do his research beforehand on, okay, what players do I have? And this is what they do. And uh, this, is what I, this is what I can see that they do well from what the front office tells me. From he, I think he's going to use his resources to find out, okay, here's what we have in the team. And then I want to get my eyes on him in spring training. So I don't think it's a – you know, total, um, you know, 100% everything's riding on spring training. 
But, you know, it's important because he's going to get his eyes on you, but I don't think he's looking for pure results. Results are what drives the major leagues. Um, but spring training is also a time to get ready for that season. So um, I, I'm not, you know, trying to put any extra pressure on spring training. I'm excited to work with him. Um, you know, it is it is new, uh, but, you know, it's it's the decision. The, the front office felt like he would make the put, he would have, be the best fit for us. And so we're going to trust in that. And, um, you know, we've only been able to speak to him briefly, but seems like a great guy. I've seen the way he's handled himself in the media. And, Seems seems good, and uh, and I'm excited to work with him. Um, but it will it's just be nice to put you know face to name and just kind of start to yeah have him have him get his eyes on us at, at spring training. And but he's going to do his research. He's going to know. Okay, this this is what it seems like these people do well from from their past, and uh, and I'm sure he's definitely going to have an idea from that. And the input from six is still on our staff, and he's seen all of us. Um, I, sorry, that's Pat Rossler. That's we call him six. <laughs> yes. um, but and then um, and then you know he'll get information from the front office as well. You know, you take a look at, at some of the veterans that were on the team. You know, your two stints here, Curtis Grandison, Jay Bruce, were two clubhouse mm-hmm. leaders during your first season and part of your second season. Uh, there's actually a rumor that Jay Bruce might be coming back to the Mets. How mm-hmm. much did you learn from those two players during their time with you? You know, those are just, I I believe, just two of the best guys in baseball. Um, Obviously, everybody knows about, you know, Curtis and uh, and just how he handles himself on and off the field. So what a mentor to have um, for me coming, you know, coming into my first few years in the big leagues. And um, and just even like you said, in spring training, I get to be around these guys as well, even before, you know, I was in the big leagues uh, with the big league camp. And they were just a great influence to be around on, on how to handle yourself, not, not only on the field, but off the field. And then Jay, you know, I think a little more quietly goes about being one of the best guys and, and just a great clubhouse guy, someone who is always encouraging, always wanting you to be better, always wanting you to reach your full potential. Um, and, and so when you have guys like that, um, it's hard to not be better. It's hard to not be a better teammate. Um, and, and just uh, handle yourself better on and off the field. So you know, to to be able to be around those guys has been instrumental in my in my career. Um, and 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 I just uh, believe that they are just you know amazing guys. That good things are going to happen for them no matter what happens. So um, I I was very very fortunate for them to be a part of my life and my career. Absolutely, two of the finest guys you're ever going to want to meet in the game of baseball. Obviously, there's still a lot of work to be done before you know training camp opens up, but this team was always meant to be built first and foremost around pitching. Syndergaard, DeGrom, yeah. Harvey, Wheeler, Matz, Lugo, Gesellman, Montero. When you mm-hmm. hear those names as you, the pitchers on your team, what's the first thing mm-hmm. that comes to your mind? That's a tough rotation, <laughs> and no matter what they, no matter what they choose, and... Uh, and so that's, you know, that's a lot of depth, and, and that's obviously we all know that's important just because injury is part of the game and uh, really hard to control that. Um, in fact, you know, most would say you can't. And so it's just one of those things where when you have some depth um, but you have those um, core guys like, like we have, I mean, all those guys have, have solid experience. Um, uh, it's just very exciting. It's very exciting if you're, if you're a Mets fan and if you're on – uh, the Mets team and, and in the front office and just a part of the a part of the Mets as a whole. Uh, it's very exciting because 
you know, uh, that pitching really, really can set tones uh, all, all the time. And um, we just have some amazing, amazing guys that with amazing talent and amazing makeup. And they're really going to be, you know, leaders and bulldogs when they go out there. And that's, that's something that's great from a hitting standpoint. Uh, knowing that you're going to get their best when they go out there every single time, and uh, and vice versa, you expect uh, you know for you to give your best for them every time you go out there. And so uh, we're we're just really excited about them. And uh, you know, I think the biggest thing for all of us, you know, going into the season is is the health and just stay healthy. Um, and if we can do that, we're going to be a dangerous team. Now you mentioned you know that that Under Armour tournament and that being the springboard and baseball taking you to places that you never dreamed of going. Mm-hmm. One of those things is the three games that you got to play for Team Italy in the 2017 yeah. World Baseball Classic. What was that experience like for you? You know, it was absolutely amazing. Um, I, I had an absolute blast playing with those guys um, and being involved with uh, with IABF. I mean, we just we just had a, had a blast with it. Um, you know, it was... It, it was it was unbelievable to just go over to Mexico. Um, we ended up beating Mexico that first game. We came back five runs, I believe, in the bottom of the ninth inning. Um, it was it was it was definitely uh, times, games, and memories that I will I will never forget. Um, and also, you know, just to be around those Italian um, players, we actually had guys that um, you know were from Italy um, and, and came over and were playing professional baseball in Italy, and we got to see. Kind of the difference of how um, how things are, uh, I guess, played over over in Italy compared to here. Um, obviously, you know, everybody knows we play every single day um, here for you know seven months, um, and over there they played um, twice a week. You know, and so it, it's just so much so much tougher. And so when you see the talent and that these guys have and how they play the game, you're just amazed because you're like, wow, you know, you've played maybe not even half the games that I've played, um, you know, and, and you haven't gotten half the opportunities that I've had. And yet um, here you are playing with us and, and so talented. And so, um, you know, it, it was such a, uh, it, it was such an eye opener and, and it was such a blessing to be able to do that. And we had so much fun, uh, really created a brotherhood there uh, and a family atmosphere. And, um, you know, I really, really enjoyed my time with them and, uh, I uh, was just so so thankful that I got to be a part of it. So Mark mentioned, um, and you know, now you have your eighth coming up. Your seven managers over your time, and it got me thinking. I'm really curious about what, at the professional level, any level that you've been at, is the relationship like between a manager and a player on a day-to-day basis? Like, how much are you speaking yeah. with the manager, or is it just kind of checking in on, oh, I'm in the lineup today, and I'm going out there? Yeah, you know, I, it, it differs on the manager. Um, and, and I've had managers that have been uh, completely involved, and they want to know how you're doing each day. They want to know how your family's doing. They want to know, you know, just everything. They, you know, they're they're managing not only the game, but they're managing, you know, you personally. Which seems like um, it's the way that it's going, right? Which is what makes yeah. it the way is yeah. his his school of thought is that the player's going to be valued, and it's going to be like a family. Yeah, yeah, and so and and that's awesome. I've I've had it that way, and then I've also had it. Take care, take okay. care of your business on the field, and we'll talk about baseball, and we'll talk about 
you know, if, if you're playing and what you need to work on, and you you do what you need to do for yourself, you know, on, on a personal level, and and so and that just depends on on the guys, really, you know, what you know where you know which one that kind of they they want to lean towards. But um, I've had it both ways, and honestly, I, I'm I've, it's worked both ways. Um, but um, you know, it, it doesn't matter. However, Mickey wants to handle it. Um, there's a couple different ways that it, that it's been handled um, for me, and you know it just really depends on the personality. Some some guys really you know they really do want to know and they want to uh, be a part of the everyday, and, and other guys just want to take care of, of baseball. And either way is fine because really, you know what we're there for is, is to take care of our of our jobs. You know which which is baseball, and and uh, and we're you know we're paid to. We're paid to win games, and we're paid to, you know, see some results. So, um, you know, there's definitely two ways to go about it. I'm not saying one way is, is better than the other, but um, it really does depend on the personality and, and how the manager wants to go about it. You know, we talked about the um, World Baseball Classic, but you've also embraced your Italian heritage and were part of the second annual IABF, Italian-American Baseball Foundation, mm-hmm. dinner this past week that honored Bobby yeah. Valentine and Brooklyn Cyclones' Gary Perrone. What was that night yeah. like, and why is being involved with the IABF so important to you? Uh, it was an absolute blast. Um, my wife and I attended, and, and we just had we had a blast just talking with everyone. I get Again, it's that that family atmosphere um that they've created and and it's just so fun to be a part of and and so loving and and we we really enjoyed it and then the the reason that you want to be involved is kind of like what i talked about before is uh you see how the game is in italy um and how much talent there is over there um and how we want to progress the game of baseball in italy uh, and obviously, if we can progress the game it, throughout the world, um, you know, there's Italy that we're focused on, but, you know, throughout the world, then the game gets better as well. Um, and so if we can do that, then um, that's really what we're after. We're, we want to, you know, create another outlet for, for uh, you know, boys and girls in Italy to be able to, you know, dream that, hey, if they want to be a, a Major League Baseball player, then, well, you, you know, if you work hard enough, um, you have the talent, then then we can we can make that happen. And you know it's just really tough right now with uh, with the way you know the game is operated over there. So I think it's just bringing awareness um, and, and and funding. Obviously, you know that, that's that's the way the world goes round round right now. Is uh, you got to have the funding, and so uh, we're just trying to bring that awareness and funding to to Italy to be able to. Um, bring the game of baseball that we love so much that I know that I connected with my dad and with my brother and has given me all these opportunities and try and give that back um, to the, the boys and girls in Italy. You know, it's interesting. You, you kind of dropped that in there, but uh, you added another title exactly uh, one month ago, and, and that's husband. Um, yeah. You did mention you attended that <laughs> with your wife. How's married life been so far? Oh my gosh, that's been great. We have been we have been going, going, going since we uh, got married. It was the wedding was was fantastic. Uh, you know, went without a hitch. Uh, the the honeymoon was great, and then we came back and uh, we we moved to New York. We moved into Long Island City, and 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 oh, we, cool. we we've been absolutely loving it. Um, we've just been adjusting a lot, uh, and and. We just got back from Steve Matz's wedding. Um, he was in Alabama. We literally just got back like an hour ago, um, and so we've just been going and, and uh, been just enjoying each other. Honestly, 
Um, you know, with the way the lifestyle is, uh, you don't get to spend a whole lot of time together. Um, you know, during the season, it's like morning um, and, you know, and, and night when they visit. And that's, you know, like once a month or so. And so, um, so being able to be together and just, you know, let our relationship grow has been, has been amazing. And we're, we're very excited for the future, but uh, everything has been going well so far. Lastly, I guess you already fit into the Mickey Calloway family mode is because uh, if I have this correct, it seems like Mets players are honeymooning together. What, what, yeah. what, what happened with you and Travis Darno? I have to know oh, about this. Yeah. Well, you know, we, uh, we, we both got married the same weekend, actually. I, I was married Friday, uh, but we were on, and he was married Saturday, but we were on opposite ends of the country. Um, and so we both honeymooned at the same time. Uh, and I, the last time I had talked to him, he was thinking about going to Hawaii or going to Maui. And I said, hey, well, that's where we're going, you know. And so, uh, but he's like, but we're not sure. We might go some of these other places. So I was like, okay, well, sounds great. You know, good luck with the wedding and everything. So then we ended up going to um, a two, two different resorts just to split it up a little bit and, and see different parts of Maui. And it, we went down to the southern one, and when we got there the first day, uh, I go to breakfast, and um, I had uh, gotten a text from Travis, but I didn't know because um, I, we just woke up and went to breakfast, and I kind of left my phone. I wasn't really paying attention to my phone much on the honeymoon, obviously. And so I get to breakfast, and uh, we, my wife and I are sitting down, and I see Travis walking to the buffet. And I'm like, what? What? I'm like Travis. What the? What the heck's going on? Like, what are you doing here? And we just happened to go to breakfast at the same time, stay at the same resort, and so we were like, hey, you know what's going on? And they said, well, we're gonna go sit by the beach. All right. Well, let us know. You know when you're going down there. <laughs> so Trav and I went, ended up going snorkeling for a little bit, and uh, we it was it was good. And the girls hung out. So, yeah, we got to see each other for a day while we were in Maui. I mean, it's crazy. You spend seven, well, nine months, really, with each other. Um, and then, you know, you kind of go off and, you know, have your off season. And we still end up, you know, get, getting together. So it, it was it was fun. We had a blast, though. And just to set Met fans, you know, at ease, he said he saw Travis Darnot going to the buffet. It was not Dominic Smith. Okay, so, you yeah. know, <laughs> all right, let, let's get that straight. Uh, Brandon, yep. thanks so much for your time tonight. I look forward to talking to you down in Port St. Lucie a few months from now and then throughout the yeah. season at City Field. You're always very gracious during batting practice. No matter when, when I ask you, you always walk over and give me, thanks. you know, whatever time I need. So I, I really appreciate it. Oh, no, thank you guys. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. And uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. I hope you guys enjoy and, uh, and spend time with the family. You too. Thank enjoy, you. enjoy you know, newlywed life. And you know, don't tell Travis where you're going over the next couple of weeks, all right? No, no yeah, I, I got you on that one. We'll try. <laughs> all right. Awesome. Thanks so much. I love it. Brandon yeah, Nimmo, you. 2017 Team Italy, current New York Met and brand new husband.